Hi, my name is Jamo, and I'm a recovering uh, compulsive eater uh, from St. Louis, Missouri, and I'm thankful to be invited to give service tonight. Um, I came into Overeaters Anonymous in October of 2010 um, after a, a lifetime of struggling with food. Um, I was born in 1954 in rural southern Illinois, um, grew up in a family of other compulsive uh, overeaters. Um, both of my parents um, would have qualified for the 100-pounders group. Uh, my father probably weighed around 500 pounds at one point. He was um, six foot six. My mom was five foot five uh, and probably weighed over 300 pounds at some points. Um, so eating large meals was just how it was in the family that I grew up in. Um, and um, uh, I was uh, fairly normal sized until I went off to, um, to first grade uh, on the yellow school bus living in a rural area. You'd ride a long way to get to the school. I, I was an only child and um, just did not want to be away from my parents at first. And I would cry and cry. And my teachers were worried about it. And they talked my dad into coming to school to eat lunch with me. Uh, and I think that that helped associate in my mind, um, you know, food with this relief from something that felt very uh, scary and oppressive to me, which was being away from my mom and dad. Uh, and, um, you know, there's just lots of reasons that, that I um, have associated food with lots of things that food really, really can do for you in the end. But uh, I, I somehow got it in my head that food would do those things for me. I was teased a lot in school uh, because I started to get larger and uh, was the, you know, the, the, the biggest kid in, in each grade uh, and uh, would be teased a lot uh, by kids uh, in, in the classes. Um, after I graduated uh, school, uh, I had a, a series of jobs uh, and um, a series of life experiences, some good and some bad, uh, but I continued to um, get progressively worse in my relationship with food until in 2000 I was diagnosed with high blood pressure uh, and uh, with a knee that was going to need surgery uh, as I got larger and larger. Uh, and um, I had my first knee surgery in 2001. Uh, and eventually had to have um, two knee replacements, a hip replacement and shoulder replacement uh, with, with my morbid obesity having a lot to do with that. Uh, I, uh, in, in 2010, uh, well, in 2001, when I was diagnosed with, with high blood pressure, uh, my doctor told me to come in every three months to have my blood pressure me uh, measured so that she could get my... Uh, medicine right, and I told her that I wouldn't come see her if she made me weigh because it, I didn't I didn't want to face what I weighed basically. So she said it was more important that I see her than that I weigh, and just tell the nurse I don't weigh. Uh, so that's how we handled that until 2010, when I had to have uh, carpal tunnel surgery on my hand, and I had to weigh in order to get the anesthesia right, and I discovered that I weighed 431 pounds. <clears throat> I um, at that point. Um, was about out of clothes that would fit me and I wasn't sure how to get more clothes that would fit me unless I somehow hired someone to make them for me. Uh, one of the embarrassing episodes of around that time uh, is that I was uh, 
in our state capitol um, talking to an important um, public official uh, and and uh, was invited to sit down in, in uh, you know kind of an ornate uh, antique chair which broke uh, underneath me uh, and I was uh, really em embarrassed about that um, going to places like movie theaters was just um, torture for me because my legs hurt so much from the ways that the, the seats pinched me and anytime I had to, to fly somewhere I could see the um, the fear in the <laughs> the eyes of the other people on the plane, hoping that I would not be in their row, uh, so that they would be squeezed into very little space, since I would take up so much of of three plane seats by myself. Really, um, in 2010, I um, was feeling pretty hopeless about ever overcoming. Um, my compulsive eating behaviors. I ate pretty much all day long. Fortunately, I wasn't a night eater. That was the only time that I got a break. But um, but I did just eat all day long. And uh, as, as soon as I gave into a craving and stopped at a fast food place to get something, my next thought will be, what will I eat next? Even though it was clear to me that I wasn't hungry uh, and that um, my body didn't didn't need the food, I just could not stop. Uh, in 2010, four things happened that sort of woke me up. One is that a, a friend uh, who was addicted to cocaine lied to me and stole money uh, and then made amends to me by paying me back and told me what she'd done, that she pretended that she had uh, plumbing that needed fixed and that she didn't really. She used the money on cocaine. Uh, and when I listened to her talk about it, I thought, gosh, I act about food like she does about cocaine. Uh, my pastor saw me in the hall of our church one day and said, you look like you're in pain. You don't seem to move as well as you used to. Is there anything I can do for you? Uh, and I said, well, I don't know what you can do for me except pray. Uh, and certainly I was praying for myself uh, and hoping for some miracle that I'd be transformed into a normal eater. But I didn't get a big, um, you know, poof out of the sky, a miracle like that and be transformed into a normal eater, which is what I thought the miracle would look like. Um, then I had the carpal tunnel sin, uh, surgery, and the hand surgeon said, would you like to lose weight? And I thought, that's kind of rude. I'm here about my hand. Why are you talking to me about my weight? Uh, but she showed me some theories of her theories about uh, what, why people were overweight and what they could do about it. Uh, I read it, and it was interesting, but it didn't do anything to help me exactly. And then in August of 2010, a friend of mine that I'd done uh, a lot of outside issue kind of organizing with for years made an appointment to see me. I assumed it was about one of those outside issues, and I was stunned when she rolled in in her motorized wheelchair and um, parked by my table and said, I can tell you're eating yourself to death. I love you, and I don't want you to die. Uh, I go to Overeaters Anonymous, and I may weigh over 600 pounds, but I would weigh over 700 pounds if it wasn't for OA. Uh, here's a list of where the meetings are, and uh, this is the one I go to. And if you want to go to the meeting, I'll go with you. And I was totally stunned. Um, I had no idea that she was an OA. I had no idea that she would be um, uh, that vulnerable in talking to me or that she could say I love you to me because she was such a tough woman. Uh, and <laughs> I was used to her being so fierce in the kind of atmosphere that we normally worked in that for her to just be very kind and compassionate toward me and to, to express her love and that she didn't want me to die was just an amazing thing. And um, 
so I thanked her for the materials. And a couple of months later, I actually decided to go to the meeting that she went to. And I called her and told her I was going, and she did indeed meet me there. And um, we went into the church where that meeting was, and I was in a library, and there was no chair in the room that I would fit in um, because they all had arms. And so I pulled up the piano bench uh, and sat on that and had my first meeting. And I thought the meeting was pretty strange. Uh, in my family, everybody talks at the same time. You don't wait for each other. There's a whole lot of crosstalk. There's a whole lot of uh, all talking at once in my family. And so the very formal uh, rules about how you talk and what you talk about in OA, I just thought that you all were very strange people. Uh, but I certainly did hear uh, many people talking about food in ways that I could identify with. Um, uh, many of you seem to have my same illness. Um, and uh, on, uh, I think it was probably in November of that year, I went to a recovery event, and I heard a guy talk that had weighed around 500 pounds. And he had a, an amazing story. And um, I, I still didn't think that maybe anything could help me, but I started to believe that something had helped this man. He'd lost about 300 pounds. Um, and and I heard others talk uh, as time went by, and they told me basically that if I wanted what they had, I had to basically do what they did, which was work the steps, and I had to become abstinent. So on December 1st, 2010, I risked a day of abstinence, and I lived through that day, and I decided to try it again on December 2nd, and I've been uh, one day at a time abstinent since December 1st of 2010. I've released about 160 pounds. By February of 2011, I was off of blood pressure medicine. My doctor said she'd never taken anyone off of blood pressure medicine before, and she was pretty excited about it. I've since given her that pamphlet for um, medical professionals and uh, let her know that I'd be glad to talk to her patients. And one of her patients did go to coffee with me to uh, find out um, about OA um, because I let my doctor know that, that uh, it had been such a life-changing thing for me. So it's been a remarkable um, 12 years now uh, that I've been in the program and that my life has changed uh, tremendously. Uh, I, my favorite thing about... Time, um, time, time, shut up, bitch, next one. Hello? I'm sorry, this is Shani. I'm, I'm not on the line. Can somebody... Um get online and, and uh, mute the guy. Yeah, I'll get there right now. Don't worry. You keep speaking, you fat fuck. Keep going, keep going. Okay. So, mm -hmm. um, there, there has been uh, an, an amazing change to me that mainly that when I'm with people, I can actually be present to them instead of wondering what I will eat next. And that's my favorite thing about what the program has done for me, is that I can actually live in the moment that I'm in. Um, I've done a lot of service. And, yeah, would and love very helpful for me. Yeah, put my big monster paws fucking cock to your face, start pissing right in your mouth and all can over your face. Can somebody get on the... Uh, on the fucking head, bottom fucking hot fucking ass range. Let me piss on it. Put my fucking dick right to it. Piss in it. Slide my cock up in your fucking hot ass and start charging you up with just fucking gallons of fucking sperm. Yeah, guy. Masculine, muscular, good-looking lumberjack there calling. Nice, thick, uncut cock. 
hairy front and back, head to toe. Oh, yeah, I'm looking. Read, feed, and feed. Oh. Is there anyone on the dash tonight? Hi, guys. Very hairy around my penis and my balls. Chronic I'm supposed to be on, but I'm having trouble getting on. Yeah, because I'm talking. Yeah, we get off together. Hey, guys. My name's Greg. I want to be with a large black man. For some reason, I fantasize about a big black cock sliding up in me and sucking on it and licking it, just having the guy totally... Speaker, I am so pleased that you're willing people, to bear... this is a website for medical. This is a medical website. You're immature. Oh. I apologize to the group. I'm supposed to be on dash. My computer is messed up. I can give you my phone number. You can call me. I'll help you set it up. Yeah, Matt's got a point. Do you using a Windows 7 by any chance? <laughs> Why you keep muting me? Just answer. Rude. You fat people should be nice. Stop muting my line, you fat fuck. Gonna listen to some. Are we going to get any chance of having a meeting tonight? Hi, this is Gladys. I just got on and took the intruder out and watch the meeting. Thank you, Gladys. Thank you, Gladys. Thank you, Gladys.
It's Rena. I had to get off the line. Was is she? Was it my? Is the speaker done? We had a very bad person come on and crash in, so we never heard all the rest of What happened? We had an intruder, filthy intruder, and we never got to hear the rest of his testimony, his accomplishment. I'm, I'm okay. sorry, but this is, this is your, your, hello, this is your speaker, and I didn't realize that I'd been muted, so I was uh, trying to conclude there, but I guess you weren't hearing me. Um, so uh, thank you for the chance to share my story. I have been absent for since December 1st of 2010, and uh, I'm very thankful uh, to those who created the OA program of re recovery. Uh, I, I have had a miracle. It just didn't look like what I thought it would look like. It's a one-day-at-a-time uh, miracle of um, being able to not compulsively eat, even though I remain a compulsive overeater. And that's not what I thought the miracle would look like, but it sure is a miracle. And I'm uh, very thankful to be in the fellowship with you.